Welcome to the Lake Show Life Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your hosts, Jason Reed and Daniel Preciado. It is the first off-season episode of the Lake Show Life Podcast. Launched this thing right before the NBA playoffs. It was uh, We had some ups and some downs, some losing some game ones, coming back. Lakers, you know, we thought they might have blown the finals. We didn't really think that, but we were panicking. Lakers NBA champs, we're always going to remind you. And if you're new to the podcast, this is your first episode tuning in. Be sure to subscribe. Maybe leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We might answer some questions over there if you leave a review with a, a thoughtful question. You never know. Daniel, I want to ask you, we're about a week removed from the Lakers winning the NBA championship. Just real quick before we dive in, how are you feeling? Do you still feel, uh, do you still feel the high of winning a championship? Oh yeah, I, it feels great, man. Like it's been, it like I said on the last one, it's been so long since I've really had that like championship feeling as a fan. Yeah. Um. So it's nice. I forgot what it felt like. And then instantly, we both were uh, thrown into the Dodgers, uh, falling down three <laughs> one against a team they should beat. So that's fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll see what happens tonight. We're actually recording this like twenty minutes ahead of the Dodger game starting. So yeah, I guess we'll we'll either you know maybe be sad about the Dodgers the next time we record. Yeah, I mean, LA sports fans right now might be focused on the Dodgers. Uh, there is some Lakers news in the offseason. It did not take long for the news to kind of trickle out. I thought there might have been a little bit of a dead period with the Lakers winning the title. Um, but no, it's just already flowing out. Uh, I think the most notable thing this is something Shams reported. Anthony Davis is not planning to uh, use his player option. He plans on opting out of his deal and signing a, uh, a new contract with the Lakers. The details have not been announced. He could do two, three, four years. Uh, you know, they haven't announced that much. Shams kind of broke down the numbers of what it could be. Um, but I think this kind of was a little bit of a, I don't want to say a shocker, but I mean, I don't think anyone expected AD to leave. I certainly didn't. Like, there's nowhere for him to go. But with mm-hmm. the coronavirus pandemic and with the salary cap and with this whole two-year plan that we've been touting for Giannis or any of the stars that are free agents that summer, um, I really thought he was going to take this player option and then re-sign next year with bird rights and whatnot. Um, you know, I'm sure they could still work something out. You know, I'm not a salary cap genius, but just what what did you think of Anthony Davis, of this news, if it does come out to be true? I was almost hoping that he'd elect to accept that player option just because it would create a little bit more cap space for the Lakers this offseason. Yeah. And also, you know, I, I was looking at the numbers the other night. Uh, Anthony Davis, if he just accepted his player option, he'd be getting paid about $29 million. Mm-hmm. Um with LeBron James getting almost forty million this season, yeah, which would leave about forty million in extra space under the cap if they were able to trade some of their, you know, extra pieces like a Danny Green or KCP decides to walk things like that. Yeah. Um, so I was hoping that he would accept that player option and that the Lakers would have enough space to bring in another superstar to make, you know, a super team. I mean, they already are pretty much a super team, but add an extra, you know, tertiary piece to that puzzle. Yeah. Uh, even if he doesn't accept it, I see the Lakers trading Danny Green somewhere this yep. offseason. Um, Fifteen million on the books. You know, you you could totally use that for you know trade purposes. That's a perfect perfect uh, figure for a contract. Yeah. I just don't know who it who would be. You know, we've we've thrown around Victor Oladipo. We've thrown around other guys. So this whole thing with him actually not signing the uh, or continuing on with the player option and signing a long-term deal in the near future. I 
I don't know if it has a ton of effect on the on the offseason, but it definitely has some because of the contract figure. Yeah, and I, I broke it down. I believe he's going to make uh, like $4.2 million more than he would have otherwise. So it's not a huge salary cap you know, implication this year. But with certain other things, it could be, you know, $4 million can make or break a certain signing. And for me, it was mostly that that next offseason kind of thing, you know, because those bird rights could utilize them next summer. Um, I'm already looking ahead at getting Giannis or someone. And, yeah, like you mentioned, you mentioned Oladipo's name. That's like my dream scenario if the Lakers were able to pull it off. Danny Green, Kuzma, and that pick for Victor Oladipo. Uh, Oladipo doesn't want to be there anyways. He said he doesn't mind being the star on a team. He's the perfect, like, third star to put on this team, third all-star um, and it'd be fantastic because he's one year deal, you know, he's expiring after this year. Uh, the contracts work where you could do green and Kuzma and maybe you have to throw in like Quinn cook or someone, but, um, and then you get one year and then you get a reset next year. And that's when you could pursue someone like Giannis. And if you strike out on Giannis, uh, you get Victor Oladipo. So, you know, maybe he resigns. So that's kind of like mm-hmm. my dream situation. Uh, I'm sure that's still possible with AD signing a new contract. Um, that's what I want though, man. Oladipo. And then Danilo Gallinari on a mid-level exception. That's like to replace Kuzma. That, that's it for Dang. me. That's it for yeah, me. Yeah, I mean, sounds pretty good. Sorry, I keep cutting you off. I thought you were done. Go no, ahead. you're good. No, I'm done. I'm just okay. salivating about it. <laughs> oh, got it. See, okay, so I'll say this. I am not the biggest fan of Victor Oladipo, especially after this last season. I understand he was hurt, and that's part of the reason why I don't like uh, Victor Oladipo as much as other people do. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he'd be great on this team, especially because he wouldn't be asked to – you know, be be that floor general, be the best player on the team like he was with the Pacers. Yeah. Uh, I mean, his best help was DeMontis Sabonis and Malcolm Brogdon, who both fantastic players, but at the same time, those aren't LeBron James, Anthony Davis caliber yeah. players. Um, so I would like to see Oladipo in a Laker uniform, but I don't know if I'd like to see him pass this season. The, re- the reason being is, you know, we kind of need proven talent now. And if he's going to need another recovery year, I don't know if the Lakers can really withstand that. You know, they need, might need to allocate their cap space in another direction, possibly to shore up the depth instead of going after a third, you know, semi-star, near star. Um, I don't know. We'll see what they actually like opt to do. It's just I think we could shoot higher than Oladipo in my in my personal opinion. I think you the value of the trade definitely I would agree. I just and obviously things are going to um, develop throughout the offseason. Right now I just don't see someone that really makes sense not in terms of in terms of actually being shopped by another team of course you could be like well this guy would be great this guy would be great you know someone like a drew holiday even but you know it all half the equation is if that other team is willing to make a trade you know what i mean so um just based on what i've seen so far you know circling old depot there's also that those chris paul rumors uh that chris paul and the lakers would love to well it's not really rumors it's just an executive saying it would be a great fit uh, Chris Paul makes too much money. That's just my only comment on the issue. <laughs> yeah. See, I think Chris Paul is double the player that Old Depot is, but he's also double the contract. So, yeah. <laughs> man, <laughs> like Chris Paul, I think in two years is going to get paid $43 million on his Supermax, which is absolutely ridiculous, especially if the cap does not increase at a level like that was originally being expected yeah. just because of COVID. Like, that's a contract you don't want on the books, especially because in two years, LeBron James is going to make, I think it's $45 million. Yeah. Like, that's that's something to definitely, you know, take into account uh, with Chris Paul. He's only got two years left on his deal. But those are two years where you are locking up a third of your cap. <laughs> and it's really just not, it's not an ideal situation if you're trying to be a long-term contender, in my opinion. 
And he was he was double the player Oladipo was last year, but he still is 35, and we don't know how quick that regression is going to be. Um, if the Lakers were like, if Anthony Davis was like 32 and LeBron's 35 and they both have one more year left on their deal, then I'd be like, screw it, you know, go for Chris Paul, just win it all now. But with AD kind of transitioning, hopefully, into the next superstar, you know, in Lakers history to kind of, you know, transition with someone else other than LeBron, I just don't think Chris Paul makes sense. Um, but the Lakers, they may need backcourt help because Rondo reportedly is going to opt out and test free agency. Uh, during the season, that would have been great news for any Laker fan before the shutdown. Everyone was frustrated with Rondo. Uh, some Had some solid games here and there, but was mostly frustrating, and then comes out and just balls out in the playoffs. So I think Laker fans are sad now. Um, and then KCP as well is reportedly going to opt out. Uh, with him, it doesn't seem like he's too keen on testing free agency, maybe just getting a new deal with the Lakers. But obviously, if they don't, he doesn't get the deal he wants, he could leave. Uh, Rondo, I feel like he's gone. Um, especially if what he's going after is money and you have a team like the Knicks that are rumored to be interested, they're going to overpay him. That's just a total Knicks dumb move. Um, and then KCP, man, with you know AD's new contract, and then KCP did great in the playoffs, but it's kind of the same thing, a little bit frustrating, a little inconsistent. You know, it's just it's interesting. I don't really know what they're going to do with this. What do you think they're going to do? I personally think that they're going to let them both walk. I think Rondo's more of a lock to walk. Uh, just because he was getting the veteran minimum and he's kind of, you know, under the cap space that the Lakers have, he didn't take up any. He was just a veteran minimum. Yeah. Um, so I don't think they really plan to pay Rajon Rondo within the equation. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. So I think Rondo's going to get good money. I think he's going to get a one-year deal somewhere else, but one that's way out of the Lakers' price range. Yeah. Somebody that needs a point guard or veteran presence that the Lakers really don't need. I mean, as long as you have LeBron James, Rajon Rondo's always to have as a you know a secondary ball handler but the lakers don't need to pay 10 12 million for that and i think the same same th- thing can be said about kcp um i think having kcp and danny green on the roster are a little bit repetitive yeah especially with Car- the rise of alex caruso my boy <laughs> i think you know we might see caruso take up some of those minutes when kcp ultimately does leave i think he i think he's near a lock to leave i think um the lakers would only be willing to do a one-year deal with kcp and i think he'll be able to get something in the range of you know, maybe a three-year, $30 million deal elsewhere. Yeah. Um, just because of, you know, what he did in the postseason or in the playoffs, and he looked great. I mean, he genuinely held the Lakers together at times, hit some clutch shots, and that's not something I ex- ever expected to say about KCP <laughs> because I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of both of these players, to be completely honest. So if they <laughs> were to walk, it wouldn't be the end of the world for the Lakers. I think their depth would be just fine. They're ultimately going to get ring chasers. I think they're going to get DeMarcus Cousins back, you know, on that veteran minimum. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, and if there's, you know, if they don't package Danny Green and Kuzma to trade, because obviously if they trade Danny Green, you have to kind of get a backcourt piece in return. Um, but if they don't package them in a trade, you could do a Kuzma, Quinn Cook for Derrick Rose something. Derrick Rose could be that that veteran, you know, playmaker off the bench that Rondo was and just be a better version of it. Um, Rondo, there's two teams I'm looking at that I think – have some legs to sign him. One is like really has legs. Uh, the other one is just kind of like a storyline. The storyline one is the Boston Celtics. I think they could use a veteran uh, depth guard. They have Brad Wanamaker off the bench, but I mean, he's not someone that necessarily pushes the needle too much. Rondo could be that guy in the playoffs with experience that really helps the Celtics because Celtics don't really have any veteran leadership in terms of finals experience. Kemba Walker and Gordon Hayward are their most experienced players. I mean, that young core has been together, made the Eastern Conference finals, but you know, they could really use someone with um, veteran experience. And the team I really think will happen is the Miami Heat. Uh, it just all lines up perfectly. 
go play in Miami for a year, go make like $10 million. They have a bunch of cap space that they're saving for next summer for that free agent class. So they'll overpay him for one year. Uh, Drogic could leave. And then you have none in Rondo. Uh, I don't know if I said this, but no state income tax. Uh, he said in an interview that Jimmy Butler was his one of his favorite teammates from his Chicago Bulls days. Like, it's just a perfect, and it's a contender. I think that's a perfect match. If Rondo does leave, if I had to pick one team, it'd be the Miami Heat, personally. Yeah, I can totally see that happening. I think that's a good option for him. Yeah, and then he's just, you know, he's uh, leaving LeBron. So he followed LeBron to the Lakers. Now he's leaving him to where LeBron used to play. Um, that'd be interesting, though. Uh, so 2021 though, Daniel, there's a lot that's going to happen this summer. There's not any huge free agents next summer is kind of the, it's always like one or two big summers. And then it's like one or two low summers and then another big summer or this it's not summer this year. It's winter, the off season, um, not too many big free agents. So I don't think we're going to see too much, um, team team movement, you know, like the Lakers going from a 10th seed to a finals contender by getting AD. I don't know if we see a massive move like that this off season. So I think, it isn't too crazy to do some way too early 2021 predictions. Um, and maybe we'll do this again at the end of the offseason. Maybe the episode before the season begins, we'll do this again. See if the offseason changed any of our answers. That could be a fun little experiment. But me and Daniel, mm-hmm. we're going to pick six man of the year, defensive player of the year, MVP. We're going to pick all uh, all NBA teams, first through third team. And then we're going to do a non-Lakers NBA finals matchup and winner prediction. Uh, if we're picking NBA Finals winners, we're both going to pick the Lakers. It's a Lakers podcast. We're biased. Yes, we will admit it. Um, but we're going to do non-Lakers just to kind of spice it up a little bit so you don't, don't get the same answer. Um, so I'll, I'll give it to you, Daniel. Who do you got for your sixth man of the year? I know you were really racking your brain for this one. I have Alex Crusoe. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Eric Gordon. Uh, I think okay. you know he's been great the last few years. He's always been in the conversation for sixth man of the year. I think he won uh, once or twice, right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, so I think you know it makes sense for him to to win it again. I, I this is the one I really had issues with because it really is hard to pick like a six man of the year because you don't know what teams are going to do this offseason. You don't know who they're going to have in the starting lineup. But I think Eric Gordon is probably a lock to not start on that Rockets team mm-hmm. um, just because they're overhauling with Daryl Morey. Oh yeah, that's other news that we can talk about too. Is uh, Daryl Morey stepped down as the general manager of the Houston Rockets? I think it was one of those like mutually parting ways situations, but yeah. you know they said he stepped down. Um, so yeah, I'll go with Eric Gordon. That's a good pick. Yeah, he won it in 2016-2017. Uh, my pick. So really, the guy I'm picking. There's two guys, and it just depends on who the team starts. Um, but I do think they put this guy on the bench. Um, that's Spencer Dinwiddie of the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, he's in a contract year. I know he's trying to do that thing where everyone's going to pay him to pick his next team, but he only raised like $10,000. <laughs> he was trying to raise like $10 million. Um, so I don't think he's going to do that. So he's in a contract year. He's going to try to ball out. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets are going to be a contending team as long as they stay healthy. So he's going to be in the spotlight. Uh, I mean, he plays in the second biggest market. Yeah, it's Brooklyn, but the Knicks are terrible. Um you know, Kyrie healthy, you got Karis LeVert playing the two, at least, you know, that's what ESPN depth chart says, but that's not totally reliable. Uh, KD back. I think it's either him or LeVert as the sixth man. And right now I think he's more likely to be the sixth man. And since he'll be on a contending team and he already had a great season last year as a starter um, contract year, I just think it's all lining up for him to be sixth man of the year or Karis LeVert. If they do put Karis LeVert off the bench, who knows? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that's a good pick, man. I'm, I'm a huge Karis LeVert fan. I think he's going to develop into... Uh, I might say a star. Um, I think he's going to be very, very good. He had like um, a 50-point game. And I like the right? Karis LeVert, he had like a 50-point game one year, right? Didn't he? Something crazy? 
I think. Uh, yeah, you know what? I think he did. Yeah, this year he had a fifty-one point game. That's crazy. Yeah, he's he's good, man. He's good. I think he's a very very good piece to have alongside Kyrie and KD this season. Especially he's been there. You know, he's been there in Brooklyn for a minute. Yeah. Uh, I think he kind of just fits that whole roster. Yeah. I think, yeah, he probably starts at the two and they use Dinwiddie off the bench as the six man getting like, still getting like almost 30 minutes a game as a six man. But I don't know. Levert can also play the three though. So maybe they have him. I don't know. One of those Dinwiddie or Levert, whoever's on the bench. That's my pick. <laughs> yeah. I think that, I think that's a great pick, man. I think it's a great pick. I'm going to talk about the Nets a little later. Uh, oh, okay. Defensive player of the year. Now this year, Giannis Antetokounmpo won the award over Anthony Davis. Next year, will Giannis also win the award? I'm going to say no. Defensive player of the year, Anthony Davis. Lock it in. He's winning it this year, boys. Anthony Davis. Okay. Yes. So, oh, are you going to go ahead? No, I'm done. I'm dropping the mic. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to explain your reasoning. I mean, there really is no reasoning behind AD just because (laughs) we all know how gifted of a defender he is. No, I'm dropping Um, the mic. (laughs) But I'm going to go with a repeat of Giannis Antetokounmpo winning Defensive Player of the Year. I was definitely, it seems like in the minority, and I don't think it sh- I should have been in the minority on this, but to me, Giannis deserved it over AD this season. Absolutely. And I, I have a feeling next season too. I mean, Giannis, if you look at some of the advanced metrics, Giannis was by far the best defender in the league. Like, by far. Yeah. Um, AD was definitely in, in the mix, you know, amongst the top. But the the difference, the separation between one, which is Giannis, and the rest of the league at two and below, it, it was pretty sizable. So I thought they got it right, and I think they're going to get it uh, right again next year. I think he's going to play top-tier defense once again. So I'm giving it to Giannis. Now, two things, just to counterpoint. I agree with you. Giannis should have won. I think all the Laker fans that were upset that AD didn't won. I mean, I just admitted that we were biased. That was very biased. Um, Giannis was just in a league above league at his own. Two things with AD, though. One, narrative. Everyone loves narrative. Every award, there's a narrative attached. MVP, Defensive Player of the Year. And there's going to be this narrative, defending champ, AD, he's in LA. Like, I just feel like the narrative suits him more. I feel like voters get a little bit kind of used to someone. I mean, LeBron. I mean, he's won four MVPs, but he probably should have more than that. But you just kind of get LeBron fatigue. Mike Trout. There's some of those years Mike Trout should have been MVP, but you get Mike Trout fatigue. Um, Maybe there's some Giannis fatigue, one. Two, with him rolling his ankle and hurting his ankle in the playoffs this year, um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a little bit more of a laxed um, kind of output from him in the regular season. I don't think he's going to be, you know, terrible, and we'll talk about where he'll be on my All-NBA teams, but I think we might see maybe a little bit of load management. You know, we already know Mike Budholzer doesn't want to play them a lot of minutes. Maybe seeing his star get hurt in a big playoff series kind of pushes them to be like, hey, let's not do back-to-backs this year. Hey, let's do this, let's do that. Um, and I think something like that might just sway the media's opinion on AD, even though in essence, defense really doesn't matter if AD has like six more games played. I mean, unless you're looking at overall steals and blocks, but I mean, you know, that doesn't make a huge difference, but to the media and to the narrative, it might. So that's why I'm going AD, uh, just spice it up a little bit. I didn't want to be boring like Daniel and pick the same guy to win it back to back years. (laughs) I think Giannis is more of a hot take according to NBA Twitter. though. (laughs) That's true. That's very true. Well, it might just be Lakers Twitter. I don't know if there's other NBA, maybe there's jazz Twitter arguing for Rudy Gobert. Um, (laughs) and then the big award MVP, me and Daniel already shared who we had our MVP picks. Uh, we were both kind of kind of go off the beaten path and uh we ended up picking the same person that's luka Doncic. daniel would you like to explain our luka Doncic pick 
Luka Doncic, I, you know what? I'm going to say this. I hope Alex Caruso doesn't listen to this podcast. Luka Doncic is my favorite player in the NBA right now. Wow. Um, I think he is absolutely terrific. I think he's only going to get better. I think the comparison I had was Manu Ginobili on steroids. I think I either said it on this podcast or somebody else. Like <laughs> he's what prime Manu Ginobili was, but even better. Um, man, I think this guy's going to go off next year once again. I think that he might approach averaging a triple double per game. Personally, I think you know that hasn't been done since Russell Westbrook and before that Oscar Robertson. Um, yeah, I think Luca. I think Luca has a very good chance of doing that. I think his defense is going to improve as he gets a little bit older. Uh, his three point shooting might might improve too. He's not the greatest shooter. I I really see him taking another gigantic step forward and becoming you know an absolute superstar, top three, top five type player in this league. Yeah, and you mentioned he might average uh, triple double numbers or close to. He was already really close to. Uh, if you look mm-hmm. at it, he was averaging what is it twenty eight and eight. 28.8 a game, 9.4 rebounds, 8.8 assists. So natural progression as a young player, you know, we might be looking at 31, 11, and 10. You know, just obviously things don't work that linearly. But um, just looking at how he played in the seeding games, though, if we go back to how he played, I mean, some of those games didn't really matter. But he was just – he had that game against the Clippers. He was fantastic in that playoff series even though he was banged up. And in the six seeding games he played, he averaged 39-9, and nine, or pretty much 30-10-10, and 10, 9.7 assists, 9.7 rebounds. Um, and before that, in March, his he was just scoring 30-plus almost every other night. Um, and it's just one of those things where I feel like we could see it coming. We saw it coming with Giannis. You know, we saw his his development was a little bit longer. He was more of a project, for sure. Um, but there was that flip that was switched, 2016-2017, uh, when he was an all-star. And then it was like, okay, it's only a matter of time before he becomes an MVP. Luka kind of came into the league with that 2016-17 Giannis season. Kind of like, okay, he's good enough. You know, just keep building. And I think this is the year he finally gets it. Again, voters fatigue with Giannis. I don't think he three-peats the award. Um, LeBron's getting older. You know, there there will be some names. Maybe AD throws his name in there. Um, but Luka, man, he's just he's so electric. He's so good. And he he is one of my favorite. My favorite player in the league is Lonzo Ball. Um, so I will say Luka Doncic is the second best point guard if he does play point guard. And number one is Lonzo Ball. So I just want to point that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Lonzo's just being held back. If Lonzo was on the <laughs> Dallas Mavericks, he'd be averaging a triple-double already. <laughs> Can you believe that Luka Doncic is only 21? He's going to be 22 at the end of February. Like, that's ridiculous. Can you? Be- this league is so good, so raw, so young. I know. And it's ridiculous. Some of these guys are, man, they're under the age of 25, and they're some of the best players in the league. It reminds me of, like, the turn of last decade. You know, Kobe was still in his late 20s, early 30s. Um, but you already had guys like LeBron and Carmelo and Chris Paul tearing it up in the league, among others. You know, and as, you know, I was younger, I was around 12 years old in 2010. I was, I turned 12 in 2010. Um, to me, it felt like LeBron and all them were already so old because they were already so established. And then here they were for the entire decade and into next decade. That's kind of how this feels right now. Like, it feels like Giannis is already an established guy. Luka's an established guy. Like, we have all these young players. And then in 12 years, Luka will probably still be the best player in the league. Like, it's just, man... I just don't know how someone yeah. doesn't draft him. Phoenix Suns, I know DeAndre Ayton, they kind of needed a big man, and the narrative was there. Ugh. Yeah, and then, uh, they- I was very anti-DeAndre Ayton in that draft class. I was very much on board with uh, with Luka Doncic. I thought he should have been the first overall pick, and I'm not just saying that in hindsight. Like That's what I genuinely believed. Um, I didn't think Trey Young should have gone that high. I mean, he's kind of proved me wrong. His offense is absolutely terrific, but he's the worst defender in the league. Yeah. I have no problem saying that. <laughs> Um, see the eight and one, I was, 
I'm, I was against it even at the time, but I, I understood it. They needed a big, he had that Arizona connection, you know, like I, I understood it, you know, maybe they don't get the best player in the draft, but they knew they were going to get someone solid and he's been solid. I mean, he's not Luka yeah. Doncic. Uh, the one that really bothered me um, then and now was Marvin Bagley with second overall pick. Like the Kings just I still like Bagley. I, I had Luca though. Luca. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I still like Bagley, man. I think he's gonna be I think he's gonna be good. I really like what the Kings have done over the last few years, actually, within their drafts. Um I think the Kings and the Grizzlies have done an excellent job over the last few years. Like excellent. Love the Brandon Clark get. I loved, you know, the Jaron Jackson, John Morant pairing. Like I think they're doing a good job. The Kings with Fox. I even like Harry Giles. Um, so I can't really discredit the Kings too much because I think Bagley's still, you know, raw and he's maybe might be a late bloomer. He's not like the Suns, you know, with Jer- or, uh, Josh Jackson and Dragon <laughs> Bender and guys like that That's who <laughs> obviously do not pan out. Just, you know, I don't want to complain because the Lakers just won a championship, but how come like the best superstar of the last five drafts, whatever, I mean, Zion maybe will get up in that level eventually. Maybe we'll see. But like the Lakers were consistently in the lottery and they got, you know, Lonzo, who is solid. Brandon Ingram, who will be an all-star. I don't know if he's MVP level. Uh, D'Angelo Russell. Like, we got decent guys. But then, you know, the year that they're finally good, or not in the lottery, I should say, uh, Luka Doncic is available in the top three. So, just imagine if we if Luka was a year younger. They drafted Luka. We got Luka LeBron right now, even though he might have had to be traded for AD. But that would have been a lot. How insane would that be? <laughs> yeah. I think the Lakers would know, though, that they can't let go of Luka. They would have traded LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> they, they wouldn't have traded Luca for AD. I'll tell you that. I think they would have moved forward with their cap space in another direction. That's yeah. that would be, you know, that's something to really kind of ponder. Like that's a crazy situation. I never really thought of it that way. Yeah. All right. So let's get into the first, second, and third All NBA teams to wrap up the episode. First team All NBA. I'll just rattle them all off for you, Daniel, and then I'll get your reaction to my picks if you have any, and then rattle me off yours. I got some okay. surprises. Guard, Luka Doncic. Okay, he wins the MVP. He's obviously going to make the first team. I'm going with the non-surprises. Forward, Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's still going to be a top three player in the league. Um, You know, he's going to be an MVP finalist. He's going to be in the first team. Center, defensive player of the year, Anthony Davis. Technically a forward, but he made this year's team as a center, so I'm putting him on next year's team as a center. And we got our two shocks, our two new faces to the team. Forward, Kevin Durant. Not LeBron James, and I'll explain why if you need me to. Guard, Stephen Curry. Curry, going to be healthy, coming back, first team All-NBA. Got it. Those are my five. Yeah, I I could totally see that happening. I, I think even though you said that there were like shocks, I don't think they are that far-fetched whatsoever. I think KD is going to come back strong. Um, so, yeah, I oh, think that's okay. perfectly fine. Okay. I have AD, Giannis, and Luka also. Uh, I do have LeBron James on the first team. Okay. And my second guard is James Harden. Okay. I think so I'll just explain this now since I have Harden and LeBron both on my second team, spoiler alert. Um I think Steph again, it's awards are very narrative based and James Harden isn't really like a narrative sweetheart or a, a media sweetheart, I should say. Uh, he's been on mm-hmm. the first team, you know, he doesn't have a lot of playoff success. They're undergoing a change, you know, D'Antoni's not there, Daryl Morey's not there. Not that Daryl Morey's going to change the way James Harden plays, but the way things operate um, and I think, you know, maybe the Rockets aren't as good next year. Maybe, you know, they're like, look, this micro ball thing's not going to work. We're going to transition and we'll be like a six, seven, eighth seed, but we're not going to be as good in this kind of transition phase where we try to stay a playoff team, but then also create a new identity. 
Um, so I think that kind of pushes Harden back and Curry's in the limelight. Golden State, you know, returns to prominence, yada, yada, yada. And then Kevin Durant and LeBron James. I just think LeBron, I sound stupid for saying this. It's like the Patriots with Tom Brady. He's getting older. He is going to see some sort of regression. Maybe he's not. I mean, he's still going to be a fantastic player. And I think he is the sixth man of the first team. I think he's first man off in my eyes. Um, mm-hmm. I just think, you know, maybe the writing's on the wall. They transition a little bit to AD. Maybe if they do get that third star, it just hurts LeBron's numbers just a little bit. Um, so I have him on the second team with Harden. Also on the second team, I got Damian Lillard, Kawhi Leonard, who is talented enough to be on the first team, but he load manages. So he's going to be on the second team. And uh, Joel Embiid is my center. Okay, so my center is Nikola Jokic. Not Joel Embiid, okay. Not Joel Embiid. Right. My forwards are Kawhi Leonard okay. and Kevin Durant. So we flipped and I, LeBron and KD. Yes. My guards are Steph Curry Okay. and Damian Lillard. <laughs> so we flopped Harden and Curry. So we're, we're pretty yes. – the only difference is uh, Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic. Um I only picked Embiid because Doc Rivers is there now, and Doc Rivers is a good superstar coach. So maybe he makes Embiid happy, and Embiid plays better. Hmm. Interesting logic. <laughs> you know, I don't usually use the most uh, complex logic for some of my decision-making. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. What's your third team looking like, Jason? Okay, so I got some surprises on this third team, Daniel. Some surprises. I'll go with the three that aren't surprises off the bat. We got center, Nikola Jokic. So he's still making the third team. Forward, Jason Tatum. I don't believe that's a surprise. I think he really stepped up right before the league shut down. He was really stepping up after the All-Star break. Um, he made a, may have made the All-NBA team this year. Yeah, he made the third team this year. I think he repeats on the third team again. Um, he's just he's great. Now my surprise. Oh, no, and Kyrie Irving. That's the other one that's not a surprise. I almost didn't want to pick Kyrie. I wanted to pick Jamal Murray over him, but I didn't. Uh, I went with Kyrie. Now I got two surprises, and I'm going to be honest. A little bit of a shock factor. Not going to lie. Not going to be like, you know, some of these sports pundits who say outrageous things. I'm just trying to go out on a limb. So if I am right, I look like a genius. One of them you might not even consider that big of a surprise. That's Trey Young. Absolutely garbage defense, as you mentioned. But everyone loves offense. Everyone loves a three-pointer. And he's just going to get some media love because it's Trey Young. He's already getting media love. He plays on a garbage Atlanta Hawks team. He's going to just, you know, chuck up threes. He's going to average like 34 a game on 20% shooting. Uh, it's not going to be that bad. Um, he's going to put up the numbers to get the third team, whether or not he deserves it because how bad he is defensively. And my other forward, I could have easily went with Jimmy Butler. I could have easily went with Bam Adebayo. I could have easily went with um, Pascal Siakam. I want another shock. I'm going to go with DeMontis Sabonis. Oh, interesting. Average, interesting. I believe. Uh, I love Sabonis. I, I, I believe he averaged 18 and 10 last year. Um, yeah, 18 and 10, 18 and 12. Uh, with Oladipo gone, even though Oladipo didn't play this year, but with Oladipo gone, he's going to be even better. Uh, fifth year in the league. He had his first All-Star year ne- last year. I think we're looking at like a 22-12 and 12 season and only be yeah. a third team. See, I I like the Sabonis pick, man. I think, I don't know if it'll be this year, but I can totally see him making an All-NBA team one day mm-hmm. because, yeah, I'm a huge fan. I think he reminds me a lot of like a left-handed Kevin Love. Uh, I think that's kind of the comp I'd give him. Because he, he's a great shooter. He, he, you know, he can really shoot that rock. He's a great defender. Um, and, he, you know, he's just a gifted scorer around the rim. I think he's going to be very good. I think 22 and 12 is definitely not out of question uh, for this upcoming season. But uh, I will say this, all right? So I didn't put Joel Embiid on any of my teams. 
Okay. I, that's like my one snub. I have Carl Anthony Towns as my center on the third team. I'm gonna be honest, I forgot about him. <laughs> <laughs> I have Towns above. I see. I don't think Embiid is just. I think Embiid is now behind Towns and Jokic for me. And if you would have asked me that question, probably would have had Jokic under Embiid. But I think Jokic has surpassed both of them for me after witnessing what he did in that last series. I think he's going to have a great year. Okay. So yeah, Towns is my third team center. Um, I have Jason Tatum. I have Kyrie Irving. I think Jason Tatum is maybe one or two years away from being a top five player in the league. I think he is possibly, you know, a top three wing defender in this league now. He's he's incredibly gifted on that end. And then obviously we know what he can do offensively. Um, but the two that I don't have, so I I considered this, okay. Okay. I considered going, you know. With Trey Young also, but then I realized I couldn't justify Trey Young over the guy I picked, and I almost put as a surprise Brandon Ingram on my third team. I thought about ahead it. of Demont- or like you put Demontis Sabonis, I was going to put Brandon Ingram, but I ultimately went with Devin Booker as my Ooh. other guard. Okay, um, I think Devin Booker is going to go off this year. I, he really does every year in a quiet way. I, I'm a big D book fan. But my other forward, you said, you know, you could have picked Butler, you could have picked Adebayo. I think that the guy I picked is better than every player you mentioned. Okay. And I don't know if you forgot him or what, but I'm going to go with Ben Draymond Simmons. Green. Oh. Best defenders <laughs> in the league. I have one of the best passers in the league. I think Ben Simmons is going to have a great year with Doc Rivers at the helm. I think, you know, the same logic can be applied to Joel Embiid. But I like Townsend Jokic outright more than Embiid with Doc Rivers, like anyway. I think Ben Simmons is probably, you know, maybe on the, this third team has one of the best chances to actually make the first team. Um, yeah, so that's my that's my view. Yeah, I could see Simmons for sure. Um, I did forget about him a little bit, not going to lie. Um, and maybe they even put him... As a guard, I mean, I know he's more traditionally like a forward, but like I said, the the All NBA teams are kind of positionless, anyways. Um, I could see them including him as a guard on like the third team, or even like as high as the second or first team, like you said. Um, maybe not as a guard on the first team, but he could make the first team. Um, but I could see him going over someone like Kyrie, someone like Trey Young, especially. Uh, I think when he made it, did they consider him a guard or a forward? I don't know. I'm not he, sure because sometimes, dude, they do that thing where they take a center, three forwards, and a guard. Like like you said, it's positionalist. Yeah. They kind of form it. Like they pick the five best players and then the next five and then the next five. And they kind of like mold it into, okay, yeah, this guy played like five minutes at center. Let's just make him a center <laughs> if they really want them on the first team. Yeah. So Ben Simmons actually did make it this last year um, as a guard. So – but I, I, I have no problem with calling him a forward either. I think it just depends on, like you said, who they want on the third team and how they can kind of maneuver it to kind of fit the narrative. Um, but that's a good pick. I definitely I, – I don't love my Kyrie pick. I don't know why. Kyrie put up, puts up good numbers. He's a champion, multiple-time all-star. It's just something about him. I don't know if it's because he thinks the earth is flat. I don't know if it's because he was a bad leader in Boston. I'm just like I'm like one of those old sports pundits who like don't like an obviously good player for no reason other than I just don't know why. <laughs> so I've never been a Kyrie fan. I think he's got some sick handles. I think that I think he's really really good. Like don't get me wrong, I think he's a tad overrated mm-hmm. just because of the teams he's been on and kind of that name, you know, everybody knows Kyrie, Kyrie and those handles. But I don't know if it's 
on my part, like it's almost like fatigue because he's good every year, almost like in a Kemba Walker sense. Yeah. Like they're good every year and they really don't get enough credit, but they're still somehow, you know, rated improperly. That's my opinion. Like Kemba Walker now to me is overrated. He used to be underrated. Well, and that um, could be a big in reverse thing. Kyrie. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. It's Kyrie and Kemba, you know, um, on a similar plane in terms of overall talent. But uh, everyone would have said last year, you know, Kyrie's better than Kemba Walker. Um, and now that Kemba's on the big market team, he's not in Charlotte anymore. Um, you know, some of that mm-hmm. overrating comes and Kyrie didn't play this year. So now, like you said, yeah, it's probably Kemba who's getting overrated. Um, but yeah, I see that. They're similar players. Uh, I don't want to say similar players, but on a similar talent level. And for most of their careers up until this point, Kyrie was viewed as like this top five guy, maybe not top five, but this top, top guy where Kemba was viewed as this, you know, almost he's good, but he's on a garbage team, you know, garbage time numbers, like a John Wall almost, you know what I mean? Remember John yes. Wall? Is he going to make the All-NBA team? I didn't include him. <laughs> no, I, I think John Wall, see, that's a guy right there that I just, I don't think he's good at basketball. <laughs> <laughs> He's a guy that, like, to me is just, yeah, he's explosive, dynamic, whatever. We'll see how he is off injury. I don't think he's going to be as good. And he already wasn't that great to begin with. I mean, he's a very, very poor defender. He's he's pretty much the product of playing for the Washington Wizards. Like, you saw what Bradley Bill did this last season yeah. with John Wall out. I mean, just playing on a bad team with no other scoring options is going to kind of help that. Yeah. Um, yeah, nah, John Wall to me is like, if there was an all-NBA, like, seventh team, maybe he'd make it. How about this? Lakers trade for John Wall. No. <laughs> He's only making 41 mil this year, 44 mil next year, then 47 million the year following on a player option. That's not That's that it. bad. That's it. Not bad. $171 million for John Wall. Even, That's crazy. Even if he didn't get hurt, he's not worth that money. But No, no. Not even close. That's crazy. I remember I was a big John Wall guy uh, when he was coming out of college. I was like just getting the NBA. Uh-huh. He was like one of the first first overall picks. Like I kind of saw as like an NBA fan. I was like, this guy's gonna be great. And then he just never was. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So last thing that we got our way too early predictions: NBA Finals matchup without the Lakers, just so we can remove our bias. If you know things happen and the Lakers don't make the finals, whatever. Who do we got making it? Uh, would you like to go first or second? Because I feel like I might have a surprising team in the Western Conference, but I also feel like you might have the same surprising team because we've been thinking kind of similarly this whole time. Yeah, I will go second. I want to hear yours first. Okay, so Eastern Conference, I got – this is a non-surprise. I got the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, it's kind of a boring pick because they're always the team at the top, and I was like, I don't want to pick the same team that's always there. But then I thought about it, and they've never actually been there. It's like it is kind of a fresh pick. You know, they've coming up short the last two playoffs. Uh, Giannis is going to be pissed off. Uh, they're going to hopefully get more help, you know, hopefully for them, I should say, you know, like you said, he wanted. And I think this is the year they get over the hump. I wanted to be different and pick Kyrie and Kevin Durant and the Nets to make it. But again, not a big Kyrie guy. Um, so I got Bucks in the Eastern Conference facing not the Los Angeles Clippers who blew a three to one lead against the Denver Nuggets this year. Don't forget. Het new head coach Tyron Lue. I see a bunch of Clippers celebrating that like they just hired freaking Albert Einstein in basketball. I don't understand that. Uh, <laughs> I got the Golden State Warriors. I think they're experienced. They still have Stephen Curry. They still have Klay Thompson, the best uh, just 3 and D uh, off-ball shooter in the league. Not even, If Steph Curry wasn't in the league, probably the best shooter in the league. Draymond Green, the glue guy. They got Wiggins in that pick. Something They could do something with that, you know, whether it be now or whether it be at the deadline. They will probably do something with that. 
Uh, they got a year off to rest their legs. Um, and I just, I like them, man. They got that experience. And I think, you know, I, I like the Lakers more. And I think the Lakers would give them problems because their size. But I think if the Warriors do pull this off and they do make another finals, it will be one of the most, like, miraculous one-year resets that I can remember for, like, a dynasty where, like, the Warriors are like, hey, we're just going to take this year off. You know, we got hurt, blah, blah, blah. And it so happens to come in a year with, you know, a pandemic and a weird NBA finals and everything. Like, this was perfect timing for them. Um, I could see them, you know, making a splash next year. Yeah, so we do agree, man. I got the Warriors, too. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I got the Warriors, too. And you also mentioned the Brooklyn Nets. I have the Brooklyn Nets making it to the NBA Finals. Okay. And I took this prediction basically just saying the Lakers don't exist. There's only 29 teams in the NBA. Yep. Um, took them entirely out of the equation. I got Warriors sweeping the Nets in the NBA Finals. Wow. Yeah, I would. if it was Warriors-Nets, I would agree with that. I had the Bucks in five just because, again, I think if uh, the Warriors came up against a bigger-sized team, uh, they can the Bucks can shoot the three, keep up with them, and then they have Giannis, who I think would just bully the hell out of the Warriors down low. Um, yeah, but yeah, man. I mean, same thing. I pretend like the Lakers didn't exist. I think the Warriors are the biggest challenge to Lakers this year in the Western Conference. I think it's what you and I are both getting at. Um, I know Clipper fans are going to say it's them, but I just the Warriors have that experience. There's a bunch of stuff coming out about uh, the chemistry and the Clippers being a problem, which they all denied it. You know. Um, mm-hmm. The Warriors, just watch out for the Warriors. Don't be worried, Laker fans. You're still champs. But, you know, they, they might have their hands full with Golden State. But LeBron, he's going to have a chip on his shoulder. He kept losing the Warriors. He's going to want to, you know, put a statement on it. So we'll see. It's going to be fun. Yeah. I think the Warriors are going to be great, man. I I like them heading into last year. Everybody acted like them losing Kevin Durant was the end of the world. Like they were still an absolutely world-class team yeah. without Kevin Durant. Absolutely. He just made them, you know, an absolute lock for the title. Um, yeah, I mean, watching this year too, you know, I watched a little bit of Warriors basketball, uh, just because of sports betting for different reasons, but I watched <laughs> a little bit of Warriors basketball. They had some guys kind of come alive. I'm a huge Eric Pascal guy. I think he's great. Okay. I think he works perfectly as that small ball center. If you have Pascal, uh, or, uh, Eric Pascal and Draymond Green down low. Yeah. I mean, you're undersized, like by a lot that's a good team man you maybe you even draft anthony edwards you play him at the three with clay and curry that's a really good team yeah yeah man i mean yeah like i agreed with you too going into the year um obviously i thought the warriors were going to be worse without kevin durant but if they don't get hurt you know that they're a team you know they're a final four team we might be the lakers might have played them in the western conference finals you know what i mean um Mm -hmm. it was just one of those things you know uh clay was out steph you know Played. Did he play to start the year and then get hurt? I know he played a little bit this year, but I don't remember if it was only after his injury. But And then it was just Draymond Green, D'Angelo Russell for a little bit, and then a bunch of guys. Like, yeah, you're not going to they, – they did the right thing. You know, I know tanking some – it kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth. But instead of kind of gritting it out and being buyers at the deadline and trying to be an eight seed with Draymond Green and everyone hurt to hopefully get Clay and Steph back in the playoffs, instead of doing that, they were like, look, let's just kind of commit to sucking – and build up some guys who could be contributors next year and in the future and get a good draft pick. And, you know, I, I feel like the Warriors front office is always one step ahead of everyone. So, and I think this is just another example of why. So, yeah, for sure. But I still got the Lakers winning the NBA championship. They're too big. <laughs> <laughs> They're too big. See, I think the Lakers and the Warriors would be next year a lot closer of a matchup than the Lakers and Clippers would have been this year. Um, I think, you know, you're splitting hairs 
with those two teams. I would love to see, I know I said Warriors versus Nets, just the narrative of that entire finals. It's like KD going against the hand that fed him. Yeah. That it's yeah. that'll be fun. That actually, yeah, if the Lakers don't make it, you know, if they just cease to exist or something happens, I'm not gonna bring up the word, but if something happens, um, you know, I would love to see that KD versus KD in the Nets versus uh Steph in the Warriors, just because I love narratives. Uh this NBA finals kind of despite LeBron winning NBA championship number four, didn't have that big of a narrative. Um, and if KD wins, if he beats the team that gave him his championships, maybe he's not a snake anymore. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Daniel, it's been fun. We got our predictions. We'll do this again right before the season starts. Uh, I think our next episode, I think I'm going to tweet this out. Uh, I don't know when this is going to drop, but I think I'm going to tweet out uh, a mailbag. People can send in their questions. We can answer them on the podcast. Maybe even get some people to like record their questions, and we could play them in the podcast uh, and answer them. Who knows? That's what I am What I want to do, uh, what I think we should do. Um, so look out for that. Daniel, you got anything else for us? No, but go Lakers. Everybody and every day.